The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's uh, about seven minutes after seven o'clock and we are uh, we're ready to go here. I hope you are as well. Lots of stuff to get through today, and the uh, phone number already, 416-870-6400. That is the way we uh, we want to send that out there, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Love that, so bring that on as well. you got all kinds of time. John Pick is here to answer your questions, whether it has to do with COVID-19. COVID-19, you could do that. Oh, by the way, covidrights.ca is the uh, the website to use in that regard, covidrights.ca. That'll give you everything you need to know. But the questions, again, you, you've probably got a million of them inside your head, 416-870-6400. We'll get some emails, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The Monday night edition is underway. Uh, John, take it away, pal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, keeping very busy. Lots of people calling in with uh, a lot of uh, temporary layoffs, permanent terminations, and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, turmoil right now, and yeah. we're all just uh, trying to keep up. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you a couple situations that I've been uh, dealing with uh, over the last little while. Uh, so the first situation involved uh, someone who'd been uh, working as a salesperson uh for about 10 years right. and earned 90% of their sales through uh, commissions. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, his sales have been lower because of the impact of uh, COVID-19 on the company. Okay. Uh, so the company is now at the point where it is downsizing and he's been caught up in that. So the company says, we're going to terminate your employment without cause and we're going to offer you three months pay in lieu of notice as your severance if you'll sign this release. Now, this was bad enough. This was a pretty crummy severance package. But worse yet, the company based his whole severance package on what he had earned in commissions over the last two weeks. And he barely made any sales over the last two weeks. So this effectively meant he was getting very little by way of severance. Commissions were most of how he received his remuneration. So this was actually completely illegal. It was a breach of, of his contract. It was a breach of the Employment Standards Act. You know, it's almost as bad as what we are recently uh, starting to see from Hudson's Bay, where uh, em- the, the employee's pay was cut and then their employment was essentially terminated the next day. So for one thing, this individual is going to be owed a severance package closer to nine to 12 months of his pay, not three yeah. months. Uh, and equally importantly, he's going to be entitled to be paid based on his average compensation, and not over the last two weeks, but more likely over the last several years. Now, it's, per- it's possible that this amount will be a little bit lower because of the forecast of sales over the next little while is impacted by the pandemic over the long term. Uh, that could impact his entitlements. But to take two, a two-week period uh, and base a severance over that, no, that's, that's just completely wrong and uh, illegal. It is uh, 416-870-6400. That is the way we uh, we like to call through and get your calls on the air. Plenty of time, plenty of lines open. Whether it's a uh, regular uh, employment law question, that is fine. If it has to do with uh, CERB, CESB, uh, COVID-19, all that confusion, bring that on as well. We'd love to uh, love to talk to you for the remainder of the show tonight. Jason, you're uh, your first guy in the uh, on the phone calls. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's on your mind, pal? Uh, just... Just a quick question. Uh, well, two-part question. First is, okay. I have a one-year contract that's ending on April 30th, and I was with the company for five months before I signed this contract. So I've been there for about a year and a half now. And I asked my boss about a contract renewal back in March, and he said he's waiting for the government first since he doesn't know what the hours will be like. 
since April 30 is approaching and he hasn't said anything, I was wondering how many days in advance does he have to give me to know whether or not I'm, uh, my contact is renewing? And then if he doesn't, then should I should I take it as he's um, he, he's he's terminating me because of COVID-19 and and be eligible for EI? Right. So, um, so you have a a one year contract, and it states specifically that your contract is ending on April the thirtieth. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, when you have a fixed term contract, if you work the entire length of that f- fixed term contract, um, typically you're not going to be entitled to severance beyond that, unless that contract is for let's say five or six years. You may be entitled to a small payment at the end of it, but typically, if you're on, if you're in a fixed term contract um, <clears throat> and you have worked for the full duration of that fixed term contract, you've you've effectively received your notice of termination because you've had it for the entire time. Um, now, as far as uh, CERB, this is a little bit more of a gray area. Is the fact that he's not renewing your contract, could that be said due to be due to COVID-19 as, as uh, the government is requiring? You know, there's, there's actually not a lot of clarity on, on what mm-hmm. that is. I think if you can get maybe a signed letter from your employer saying, you know, I intended to uh, renew your uh, employment, but I did not do it because of uh, COVID-19, then you may be safe in collecting that CERB. But the, the risk is that if, if you don't do that and it's found that later that it actually was not because of COVID-19 or they don't, or the CRA does not except because it was uh, due to uh, COVID-19 that you may be required to repay it later on. So I would speak to your employer and and hopefully they'll cooperate so that you can um, more justifiably apply for that benefit. Is, so is, um, but does he have to give a notice like 14 days in advance for the renewal or does it just have to come right on the renewal date? That's going to depend on the terms of your contract, so I would have to see that. But if you have a contract that is set to end on April 30th, then you know typically there's no actual requirement to renew it. Uh, it's just once that contract ends, that's just the end of the relationship. Jason, appreciate the call. You want to reach out for uh, for more information? No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the way to do that. Uh, but for the here and now, it's four one six eight seven zero. 6,400 to ask your questions during the show. James, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, my son uh, graduated from uh, college as a uh, RPN in uh, January. And uh, after that, he was working uh, at retail sales because he couldn't find a job. Um, and he's waiting to go back to school in September, hopefully. Um, and he, uh, qualified, he did the CRB, uh, because he lost his, uh, his retail job, obviously due to the COVID and, uh, he qualified for the CERB and they gave him the first installment. And then when he reapplied for a second installment, they said that he didn't qualify for it, that he had to reapply again with more information. So he gave them more information and they just told him that he doesn't qualify and he doesn't know what to do at this point. And they haven't explained why he doesn't qualify? Well, it's kind of really hard. Like, I mean, it's impossible to get anybody on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just dealing with, uh, with their asking, uh, like, uh, their uh, frequently asked questions, et cetera, on, on the computer and, and sending in his application numerous times to, mm-hmm. to be rejected. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought maybe it had something to do with the fact that he was going back to school or 
or you know i i don't know and and i got i have no answers for him and it's and it's a it's a bit it's tough yeah and i i hear a lot of stories like this uh because the the uh, our, you know, our, bureauc- your, our bureaucracy is just completely overwhelmed with this and not able to deal with how many complaints are coming uh, or how many inquiries are coming their way, rather. So, you know, I, if, I, if I were to speculate what, what could change, I mean, if someone is earning more income, uh, I suppose it, it, it could change, uh, but I, I would really only be speculating. Uh, he may want to consider, um, if he's a student, uh, seeing if he's a, uh, eligible for the CESB, uh, which was recently announced. So maybe he's not uh, eligible for the CERB and they want him to apply to the CESB instead. So that could be one thing. But other than that, uh, the only thing I can think of is to just uh, keep on uh, uh, contacting them and, and hopefully you'll eventually get an answer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, everybody stay safe. Thank you. Thanks, James. Appreciate uh, your time as well. We'll get uh, one more call in here before we take a wee break, and that's uh, that's Liz. Hi, Liz. Good evening. Hi, Liz. Yeah. Okay. No. Do we have Liz? No, we don't have Liz now, but we're going to see if we can get Liz on afterwards. How about uh, how about Kate? Hi, Kate. Hi. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's up? questions in relationship to the wage increase that Premier Ford announced and does that apply to government employees only or can it be subcontracted employees? The wage, sorry, the wage increase that was uh, that was announced for uh, health healthcare workers, is that the one that you're uh, you're applying? That's correct. Right. So the details that we have so far uh, is that it's going to be uh, for long term for, for basically everyone who's on the front lines. Now, I, I imagine it's probably only going to be for people who are there as sort of full time employees. I mean, we saw this same gap uh, when uh, we had this. Uh, when we had the CERB and, and things had to change and they had to expand the eligibility. So I expect that, you know, as a starting point, you'll see that it's just applied for employees. I, I personally haven't seen any details about it specifically applying to uh, uh, contractors. They use the sort of uh, ambiguous term of workers. What does worker mean, right? They're all workers. Uh-huh. But uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out and hopefully they'll, they'll provide more details. It really should be applying to contractors. And I imagine if it doesn't yet, it, it probably will uh, going forward. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you, Kate. Uh, stay safe. We're going to take a, a small break here. Line up some more calls. It is 416-870-6400. If you prefer, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Reach out through email. Another option, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time you want to uh, check it out, covidrights.ca as well. Right back at it here in uh, just a moment. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, right back at it, yeah, 416-870-6400-1888-225. Talk, that is toll free. The email address to reach out is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to get a hold of John or Lior any time of the show is not around. Uh, 1-855-821-5900 is the way to do that. Going to try this again. Hey, Liz, how are you? Hi, I'm here. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Uh, what's oh, your question? Great. Thank you. <laughs> so sure. I worked at a golf course for the past 
two seasons. I believe I am a seasonal worker. I'm also in university in first year. I've applied for the CERB and received payment for the first two periods ending May 9th. Am I to stay on CERB and pay the difference if needed, or would I switch over to CESB on May 10th? Um, it sounds like the interpretation uh, and the, the interpretation of the CERB and the CSEB is in question, and I can't get a straight answer. So the way that you have to go about this is you, you first have to look at whether you're eligible for the CERB. If you're eligible for the CERB, that's what you should be applying for. That's where you'll get uh, the greatest benefit. Uh, and, and that's I where you're... For the past two periods. If I wasn't eligible, wouldn't they cut me off? Uh, well, not necessarily. The way that they're doing it right now is is you're basically uh, sort of self uh, um, sort of self filtering for eligibility, for lack of a better word. And then uh, later on is when people are going to be uh, forced to reconcile if if there's anything they owe yeah. back. So right. as long as you meet that criteria, I would continue. You know, uh, for example, you're not receiving uh, more than a thousand dollars for 14 days in a row during the four week period, um, and you you meet all. The the other criteria, uh, as you did before, then then yeah. I would continue applying for the CERB. It's only if for some reason you don't qualify for that anymore that you may want to take a look at the CESB. No, but if they determine that I'm more qualified for the CESB, then wouldn't they just uh, allow me to pay the difference? Uh, that's hard to say. We don't we don't know how they're going to handle that right now. But I would imagine that yes, if they determine that um, you uh, were ineligible for the CERB, but perhaps eligible for the CESB, then I could see them uh, saying uh, you okay, you're eligible for the difference. But you want to just be careful um, about applying for the CERB because if you're not eligible for the CERB and you know you're not eligible for the CERB, but you apply for it and receive it anyway, uh, there could be repayment and. and and potentially even some fines. So just be careful with that when when you are applying. Right, but it's and so can I argue that I'm a seasonal worker if I work at a golf course? So that's the thing. That's the catch, right? In the whole argument is, can you ha do you have a valid argument as a seasonal worker if you've been working in a golf course, which is a seasonal employment? Aside from the aside from my university student status. Right. Well, the question here again is, have you stopped working due to COVID-19? So if it is still, if you, if uh, the reason you're not working is because they're, you know, shut down for COVID-19, uh, then mm -hmm. I would say you're still eligible for the CERB. Okay. So the golf courses have not reopened and therefore I can't work again this year at mm -hmm. a golf course and therefore it's COVID-19 related. Right, so that that seems to to be a, a safe interpretation in terms of in, in terms of the way you've described it. Okay, and then just secondly, I just wanted some clarification on the dependent care for the CESB. So, if you're looking after grandparents and you know um, helping them because they're both elderly and living independently, is that something that would qualify you for the 1750? Right. So if, if you have a dependent, like someone who's a, a child or someone who's elderly, then uh, then what <clears throat> the government has, has said is that, yes, you, you should be eligible for the increased amount of 1750 Okay, but they haven't passed the legislation yet. I think Trudeau was saying this weekend, which is past the May 1st deadline, right, which is Friday? Uh, well, this is this announcement is it's it's still only uh, about three days old, right? So, right. Um, yeah. it's, so it's still kind of in its infancy. Will come once it once the legislation is passed, there's right. going to be more more details. I would expect as much. Yes. 
Liz, appreciate it. Got to let you go. Got a lot of callers uh, standing by. 416-870-6400. Moving on to, uh, to Ian. Hi, Ian. You've been waiting. How are you? Not bad. Yourself? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I'm a business owner, small business owner in uh, Markham. Um, I employ about 22 people. Um, obviously, the situation has been what it is. Um, but I don't expect, so I've laid everybody off and, and so on and so forth. And when we come back to work, so my, I want to know how I'm going to approach this in the sense that, you know, I've had guys that have been with me for three years up to 20 years. Mm. And there's a couple of guys that, you know, because of their limited ability, I won't be having back, but they've been with me for 16 years. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, I mean, we go to the 13 weeks. We've, uh, you know, we do the temporary layoff. Anything after that becomes a permanent layoff. And I'm just kind of curious as to how do, as a small business owner, how do you approach this in the sense that, you know, the, the outlay, because whether it's the ESA, Employment Standards Act, or the common law, whatever the, the layoff or permanent status turns into, how does a small business owner manage to pay, you know, the expectation of severance? Right. Well, this is this is uh, the question. This is going to be difficult for a lot of small business owners and something that actually employees and employers have to be aware of. Um, so if there are people that you're not able to uh, bring back for uh, safety reasons uh, or for medical reasons, there may be a way of sort of mitigating some of that risk. If, on the other hand, you're not able to bring them back simply because of reduced economic demand, then uh, likely there's going to have to be some severance package paid out to these individuals. Now, if you're in the position where your your business in jeopardy and, and, and it's a sort of an, become an existential threat, you may be able to convince uh, these employees to accept less than what would normally uh, be called for uh, because it is a very unusual circumstance. Uh, but there is that exposure. There definitely is that exposure, and you're right to be thinking about it. Um, and certainly, if that's something that you uh, would like some help into in terms of how to mitigate, um, that is the kind of thing that an employment lawyer uh, can help you uh, navigate and when the time comes to decide whether to bring them back uh, and whether to not bring them back. But, the, you know, from a legal perspective, that exposure is there, um, and so it is important to plan for it. Well, I mean, as a small business owner, it's huge. I mean, if, yeah. you, have, if you have 25% of your workforce that's 10 years or older, Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. way that you can go, you know, the ESA is one week for a year, two weeks, common law is two to five, blah, blah, blah. And when every advertising, second advertising is on the radio, that there's employ, employment lawyers out there, it, it kind of sets the, the tone, right? So I'm just kind of curious, like... Has he got enough time for working I, notice, I, I John? Mean, the, the economic thing with the COVID and all the rest of the stuff is one thing, but the, mm-hmm. the outfall or the after effect, some yep. 13 weeks when all these small businesses look at what they've got. And yeah, maybe the owners have to step up and do more and all the rest of the stuff to, to make, save their business. But it's the outfall or the after effect of, of what the employees in the ESA Standard Act is about severance. And that's going to, I'm telling you, nobody's even addressed it. And never mind what the, what the sales are and all the rest of the stuff for these guys. The after effects, if you get rid of 25% of your older employees, that's going to cripple the, the small business owner anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, I think one thing that's going to have to happen is, and, and we're starting to see this, but we probably don't have enough of it, is there's going to have to be 
uh, more help from the government to ensure that uh, more people are, do not need to be laid off, uh, which is yeah. going to have a dual effect, right? It's going to have the effect of, first of all, people being able to ramp up their businesses easier and also uh, reduced uh, obligations to pay severance. Um, but outside of that, this is going to have to be an ongoing discussion between employees and employers. Mm -hmm. And uh, some employees, uh, if it is a really, really small company that is uh, you know, buckling under the weight of all this, then those employees are going to have to be realistic about uh, their severance packages, and it, and it may not be the same, and, and there may be, wow. have to be creative arrangements uh, that are crafted in those cases. But, uh, you know, the answer here is I, I think that given that this is, you know, this is a government-mandated shutdown, I think we're going to need to see more support from the government for small businesses. Ian, appreciate the call. It's uh, 416-870-6400, Talk if you want to uh, use that number, it's absolutely toll free. Moving on, Rick. Thanks for hanging on. Hi, Rick. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on? A question here for uh, your guest there. Uh, I'm in the critical services industry of the transportation here. We've been deemed as an essential worker. Uh, the company I work for, we're under contract Canada Post, so I mean the mail's gonna go, it's gonna go. And being deemed as such in a critical severe service capacity, mm -hmm. I think. Should we not be entitled to a top up on our wages as healthcare workers? Well, that's really a political question uh, more than a legal one, right? And that's not one that I can I can really, I mean, I can tell you that this is a discussion that's being had, and this is an evolving discussion, and yeah. you you are seeing some top ups uh, now being uh, dis now being implemented, and you may indeed see more um, but there's no I mean there's no standing legal right to to a top up in this kind of scenario and quite frankly part of that's because the scenario is so unprecedented uh, but certainly uh, you know you're, you're to be commended for going out there every day and uh, supporting uh, what is what really is uh, the lifeblood of uh, our, our society right now so uh, you know I, I uh, commend you and, and I think we all should be thankful for people like you that, that are out there doing your job and hopefully there'll be some more recognition from the government because it, it really is important uh, what you're out there doing oh, yeah. every day. Yeah, the world over 24 hours, 24 7, it's just going like crazy right now there. And I hear all this talk. Yeah. About I'll bet. Stop. Yeah. That's yeah, like crazy. Kind of, like, forget it. We forgot about it. This is kind of funny if you're buddy. The bottom of the barrel, yeah. I guess. I don't yeah, well, I. I Meanwhile, they've deemed us as you know, a critical, critical service capacity. Set up, you know, set up in the guidance of the functions of Canada during this COVID 19 pandemic. Right. So, yeah, I can't figure it out, but. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Well, we're we're all working to to try and figure this out, but certainly um, you you uh, deserve that recognition, and um, hopefully there'll there'll be a way to for the government to uh, re uh, recognize that through some uh, further top ups. But we'll just we'll have to see. Stay safe, Rick. Uh, again, appreciate uh, your call and your time. Moving on here to another one four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. You got lots of time to call in, ask your questions. Steve, thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you? No problem. I just have a quick question for you. Yep. I've got a gentleman that does some work for us, and now he's got he gets paid in his company's name. He set up a company, and he does some work. He doesn't get that much money from us. Now, are there any programs for these type of people that are contracted? Now, he doesn't pull any money out of uh, his his company that I pay. He just uses it for some expenses. He doesn't pay himself. 
and he also does have another full-time job. So are there any programs for him for the loss? Because I can't use him anymore. So he's got no income coming from coming into him from this uh, from this job. Well, the C- right. Well, Steve, the, the CERB does apply to uh, self-employed individuals. Mm-hmm. So depending on how much income he has lost or, or rather how much he is making right now, if it's no more than $1,000, he could actually be eligible for the CERB as a self-employed contractor. Uh, but if his income has not dropped to that level, then uh, he's uh, not going to be entitled to that government benefit, and there probably will not be a government benefit as it currently stands that he is entitled to. So then if he has his other full-time job, then that would be included in uh, this would not be a separate, uh, you know, from this job, you don't make any money, but you still have your full-time job and you're still getting paid for it. That's, that's right. It, it, it has to be the total income, not just self-employment income, but also employment income. They look at everything together. Okay. So, so he'd be out of luck for anything. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. 416-870-6400 is the way to call in. you got lots of open lines, lots of time, so bring it on. Carly, thanks for uh, thanks for standing by. Hi there. Hi, how you doing? Um, Good. What's up? That, um, my son got laid off a little while ago, and they, it was, you know, because of the COVID. So he's getting mm-hmm. paid. So they called him in last week and uh, said that he's going to be terminated because they want it because he's making what, whatever certain amount of money and they want someone to cheap here to work in the yard. Now it's in a building supply company north of Coburg and it's in the reservation. So then they told them that they're only going to give him two weeks severance when this was all said and done. And I said, well, he's been there just about three years. Would he be entitled to more severance? Most likely. So uh, what's his position there? Uh, he was like it was a, like a window and siding place. So he'd take off the windows and then help, you know, and then they'd order them in and people would take them and, you know. So he was in the, out in, the, what do you call it, yard, and then he worked in the office on, you know, taking off blueprints. And around how old is he? He's 28 right now. Right. So this is someone who could be entitled to two or three months pay. Uh, certainly is going to be entitled to more than two weeks severance unless he has a, a contract limiting him to that. So I would very much encourage him to call us um, so we can talk about what's a more reasonable severance package in the circumstances because uh, chances are he's going to be owed much more than that. Yeah. And now the only other thing, it's on the reservation he was working. Would that have any difference in what he's doing? No, yeah. no. From, no. from a okay. severance entitlement, you get the same entitlements. Okay, that's all I was wondering. Okay, then. So I'll get him to give you a call because I mentioned it to him and he said he didn't, you know, know. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yep. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Here is that number to uh, to reach out. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you need more information about anything we talk about, by the way, uh, at your own leisure, you can have an employment lawyer with you at all times. Basically, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. All kinds of information to be had on there, including the severance pay calculator, which comes in extremely handy as well. More phone calls. Uh, bring them on. We got time for one. Six eight seven zero sixty four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk. That is toll free. Among the stuff we want to talk about in between the calls, pal, is uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Number one, and this is truly number one, they don't realize they're entitled to more misinformation. Right? 
Right, and and that's why it's so. I'm so glad when people call in and actually find out that they are entitled to more. You know, most severance packages are inadequate, and particularly right now, you're going to find that the vast majority of severance packages are quite low, whether it's a big or a small organization. And for companies, this is a simple cost-benefit analysis, right? If they terminate a large group of people, and even one of those people uh, accepts it without speaking to a lawyer, uh, the company's just saved a lot of money. Uh, right. So if you or someone you know has a, a termination letter and has lost their job, uh, whether it's it's recently or it was uh, before COVID, uh, your first stop should be severancepaycalculator.com. It'll only take a couple minutes. You'll find out what you're owed. Uh, and chances are, if you've got a severance package, it's probably lower than what you actually are owed here. Another reason why people accept bad uh, severance packages, you can't blame them for this. They uh, they go right to the Ministry of Labor for their information. I mean, it is the Ministry of Labor, but it's it's not the right information when it comes to severance. That's right. It, would, it seems like, okay, well, I, I have a labor law question. I'll go to the Ministry of Labor. But the right. Ministry of Labor can only talk to you about your minimum entitlements. Your full severance entitlements have nothing to do with the Employment Standards Act, nothing to do with the Ministry of Labor. And often the Ministry mm -hmm. of Labor will actually tell you if you want to know your full severance entitlements, you have to speak to a lawyer, and that's absolutely right. So if you're someone who's worked for 20 years, you could be told by the Ministry of Labor you're only entitled to eight weeks' pay. But depending on the situation, that same person could actually be entitled to two years' pay. Now imagine yeah. if you know someone's working for $50,000 a year. Uh, that means that person is throwing away you know, potentially tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, all you of bet. that money lost because they called the Ministry of Labor instead of an employment lawyer. So please, if it comes to severance, always, always speak to an employment lawyer, not the Ministry of Labor. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in, one 225 talk That's toll-free. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi there. I'm good, thank you. Great. Um, I'm calling to find out, so I'm a registered corporation. I'm the only employee under that corporation. I do not pay myself a salary, so I do not get a T4. I pay myself through dividends. My shop, I'm in the beauty industry. My shop has been closed since March the 15th, so I'm completely shut down with no income. Um, mm -hmm. Do I qualify? I would say so, yes. I, I don't think the fact that you pay yourself through dividends um, is going to render you ineligible. It's, it's quite broad, right? It's, the question is, are you receiving self-employment income? Well, clearly the pay that you were getting through dividends was effectively your self-employment income. So if you're receiving less than $1,000 in a, in a four-week period for 14, 14 days in a row, you should qualify for the CERB. So I would uh, encourage you to look up the CERB calculator. Uh, if you Google that, you'll find where we, we list out all the uh, government guidelines that shows how to know if you're eligible. But all of the things being equal, based on what you've described, I think this is, the, this is exactly the kind of people that uh, CERB is uh, meant to protect. So I would apply. Okay. Thank you very much, because I did I did speak with them very briefly, and they're like, well, you, ha you need to file a T4. And I said, I don't pay myself a salary. I don't have a T4. I pay, my, my company does their, their year-end, and it's through a T5. And so they're like, you don't qualify. And I was like, okay. And that came from the CRA when I called them.
about the Well, if the CRA has told you that you don't qualify, I would be careful about that. Um, that's that's surprising to me because there isn't actually any explicit requirement uh, that you issue yourself a T4. Um, the person you spoke with may have been confused, so you may want to call the CRA again just to clarify okay. with them. But okay. there, there's certainly no explicit requirement for a T4, and given that this that this benefit is meant not only for employed individuals but for self-employed indiv- individuals mm-hmm. as well, those people are not going to have a T4. So it, it doesn't really that's make sense to me why that would be a requirement. So I, I think you may have spoken with someone who's confused, but right. I would uh, I would certainly contact them again and double check uh, before applying. I will do that. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, thank you for your time. You need to reach out further. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. Want to slide over to emails? We get another call lined up here. In the meantime, Justin says, uh, John, my employer just told me that they're moving me from Toronto to Vancouver. I've been working in Toronto for twenty five years. Can they do that? Well, they can certainly do whatever they want to do, but the question is, are you going to have to do that? And if you don't agree to do that, are they going to owe you severance? And I would say a move from Toronto to Vancouver, that's a very, very significant change. Uh, You're likely going to be entitled to a a significant severance entitlement. So this is exactly the kind of situation uh, where you should be giving us a call. Gary's up next. Gary says, hi, guys, I'm a contractor, and my employer says they have no more work for me. Am I entitled to severance? Well, mm-hmm. the, the answer to this question is maybe, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't know more information. So, Gary, if you're someone who works for yourself, really you know, have a lot of clients, you're in business for yourself, you have people who work under you, you have all your own tools, and your, your income is uh, fluctuating all the time, then you may not be entitled to severance. But if you're dependent on them or if you're really just paid as a contractor but it really looks more like employment, you could be entitled to severance. So you, the only way to find out is to give us a call and we can have a detailed conversation work through that and then we can tell you yay or nay we'll get to elise here by the way you want to send an email before after during the show help at employmentlawyer.ca elise says uh, i don't want to go into work because i'm worried about getting covid19 i work in a business that has uh, been declared essential but do i have to go well, all of the things being equal, if the only reason you don't want to go into work is because you are you just have anxiety about coronavirus, I would say if you don't go to work, you put yourself in danger of losing your job, losing yeah. your right to severance, losing your right to CERB. So this, is, this would be a terrible, terrible outcome. So before you decide not to go in, really think about uh, what you might do to make yourself more comfortable. Talk to your employer. Um, look at the government guidelines. Um, there are things that we can do. Um, Um, to mitigate this risk and eventually we're all going to have to get used to a new normal where we're wearing masks where we're constantly practicing social distancing Um, so I think staying at staying at home just because you're anxious about it and your employer has been declared an essential service that's probably going to be a mistake so be very careful about that I uh, get to Mark's email. Mark's email is brutal. What do you hear? This one says, uh, I'm of Chinese descent. I'm Asian. And my employer, who is still operating right now, says they don't want me in the workplace because they think I could have a contra- kind of contact with coronavirus. Is this a human rights breach? Oh, absolutely. That's that's just completely uh, illegal and uh, uh, completely beyond the pale right now. I mean, it is unfortunate that we are seeing um, some uh, racially charged incidents, but you are mm-hmm. protected by the Ontario Human Rights Code. Um, and this may be a situation where you, you, may, you may even be able to treat your employment as terminated and bring a, a human rights uh, complaint. There's, there's simply uh, no excuse for that kind of prejudice. Yeah. So absolutely, you should be speaking with an employment lawyer.
Last email for the night. Uh, Yitzhak says, uh, hi, guys. I own a small business, and one of my employees just returned from overseas. I'm nervous to have them back at work, even though they passed the quarantine period and that is over. What should I do? So this is this is a really difficult uh, situation, and I think a lot of people are going to be facing this. And I, I think the, the first thing that you have to do is just follow the government guidelines, right? As long as the, oh. those people are following uh, the quarantine period, the self-isolation period, if they are well and able to return to work after that, then that person should be able to re- should be permitted to return to work with the appropriate yeah. precautions in place. We're uh, just about done. We're out of time. If you didn't get a chance to get through, get on the air, talk to John. You can do it now. Afterwards, one 821 5900 is the number to reach out. You want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime. And for the next little while, covidrights.ca is going to be a very popular website put up by the guys. And finally, that email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're back doing this again Wednesday night. Do not go anywhere. A very cool Monday night edition of On Point continues. Alex Pearson is on the way back right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.